discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is, that is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. I would like to have a beautiful talk show to just educate you and help you appreciate what we are going to experience in the next few days. Amen. So there's quite a number of things we're going to do. it, And today we have very special, seasoned, exceptional men of God that are going to share with us certain things. Hallelujah. Today, so I want, I want to introduce them and then we'll welcome them on stage. We have Pastor Kobe Esiam in the, in the building. He is the branch pastor of the church in uh, Bwedi, that is Alpha Church. He's the branch pastor there. He's a wonderful minister of the gospel. He's an anointed brother. Hallelujah. And our lives are never going to be the same. We also have Pastor Ima from Canada Church. He is the branch pastor for the Canadian church. And he's here with his wife and some other members. Those in Canada, from Canada, where are you? Give me a wave. Give me a good wave. Wow. They're in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. So they are also here. He's also here. And he's going to join us up here. So I'd like us to welcome these two wonderful generals. Can we welcome them? I appreciate them. I appreciate them. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So we want you to really listen to what we're going to share with you. It's a talk show. It means that we want to talk to you. We want to express some very basic truths to you, some clarities to you. We trust that at the end of it, you, you make up your mind to be at the camp. If you've not made up your mind to be at the camp, you make up your mind to be at the camp in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we just want to hear from the men of God, Pastor Kobe and Pastor Ima. And we have, we've sectioned it into... We section it into categories just so that we can follow. So I'd like Pastor Kobe to just take us through that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm excited to be here. I want to say a very, very big thank you to our super father in the Lord. Hallelujah. Our big daddy. Daddy, thank you so much. Um, the first thing we are going to talk about is actually um, a personal testimony concerning how camps, the effect camps uh, um, has had over us, personally, the three of us, over the years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, my first camp was um, Kiwegehe. Yes, the one at Kumasi, Wesley Girls. Those who know that camp have started laughing. Yeah, that was my first camp. That was my first camp ever and in life. And that was my first camp with Love Economy Church. And looking back, it feels like, like a lifetime ago. That, yes, that's 10 years ago. Yes, that's 10 years ago. And it feels like a lifetime ago because the changes in my life from that time 
till now is it's weird it's even scary in a certain sense sometimes you don't even remember how things used to be because so much has changed in your life so much has changed in your perspective of life the way you see things the way you understand things the way you process things and i think camps what makes camp a camp different from a sunday service is that is the concentration because you are having about maybe six months of sunday services in three days do you get it and if you if you've tried to change anything you notice that it's easier to change things when you are radical about it when you want to stop something or when you want to let's say you have bad company but you and you want to change the influence they have over you you can't say that you are going to do a timetable for them so that instead of talking to them three times a day now you are going to talk to them once every other day and then you are going to stop that negative influence they have over you is it going to work but then when you cut them off completely you notice that within a very short time you are seeing the effect so that is the kind of um, effect camps have over you because because of the concentration because so much is going on you are it's like you are going for sunday service in the morning sunday service in the afternoon sunday service in the evening and it's going to continue for five whole days or four whole days by the time you come back you notice that you are a completely new person hallelujah and from that camp at Kewegehe, I remember clearly that that was the first time I became open to the idea that a Christian is supposed to be more than just going to church. It's, it's so clear with me. It was a camp that I slept a lot throughout the sessions. Hallelujah. I don't know if everybody will confess, but I'm confessing. I slept a lot. It, it felt like I didn't really understand what was going on. But now, looking back, it is clear that that was when I understood that being a Christian goes beyond just coming to church on Sunday. Being a Christian goes beyond just being a good person. That is when I bought into the idea of the fact that a Christian, not a leader, a Christian is supposed to know the scriptures. I remember that they asking us some questions. One of the questions I remember was, what's the difference between the Jew and the Greek? And... I mean, it was, it was hot. It was very intensive. Some of us didn't know at that time. And Daddy was surprised that we did. How come you don't know? And I'm sure right now if I ask you, some of you don't know. But you notice that at the end of the camp, there, there will be a lot of things that you didn't know. But now you know. Do you understand? Now I know the difference between the Greek and the Jew. Hallelujah. So, so much has happened. So much has happened. The next camp I remember is um, the one at Mount Olivet. And one face that I always remember is Pastor Kosia. Recently, she posted a picture from that camp. And she looks different. Like, even physically, she has changed. And so much has happened. It's beautiful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's hear from Pastor Ima. All right. All right. First of all, I'll say thank you to Pastor for the privilege and the honor to sit here. It's... I see Nana Kwame and Destiny over there. Beautiful. But I just want to let us all know some of the benefits of camp. Like you said, personally to me, all the things that he said regarding the Kewegehe camp and all that. 
you know, as a, as a man of God was giving a testimony, I was sitting there and I was reminiscing on certain things. You know, sometimes you can be walking dead. You get it? It's like you are, you know, come test the engines of your spirituality. But sometimes you might think that, oh, my car is running smoothly. Everything is okay. But until you meet a group of people in a specific place, sitting for a long meeting, that is when you know whether you are spiritual or not. Because on Sunday, it's just two, three hours. And the tendency to feel that, oh, I'm, I'm doing the things of God. I'm spiritual. I'm potent. And this is there. But when you get the opportunity to sit at one place for a very long time with people from all sorts of places with different characters and you are able to endure, to love them, you know, it, it tests how spiritual you are and the engines of your spirit. You get it? So with the Kewege camp and the, the other ones, you, you know, I, I was born in a Christian home. So in my mind, I thought that, oh, I'm okay, you know. But after those camps, I realized I don't know anything. You know, that feeling of, it's like, why should you submit to somebody? Why should you, you know? But after those comes, I realized, no, there's more to life than I thought it was. You know, so some of you, you might just know the name, camp, but you might not have come to the place. Because when you read in the book of Genesis, the Bible talks of how that Abraham named the place Jireh. You know, you might know that God is called Jireh, but it is also a place. Coming to the place is also important. So he mentioned when the man of God was giving the testimony, he mentioned we are going to that same location. So there's something in that location. You, you have to make it one of your bucket lists that I have been here before. You know how excited certain people are when they travel who oh, have been here before. Check. I've been here before. That excitement should be there. I've been at Tanakazo before. It is an experience. You get it. So this should stir you up. Charlie, we've traveled all the way, 17 hours to come for the camp. It shows you how enthused we are about it. Some of us, you know, people outside will tell you, there are people who go in for 10 years, they've never come back home. Some of us, two years, one year, but still, we want to come back just for camp. Pay a lot of money for plane ticket. Pay a lot for this. Just to come and hear the word of God. It shows you how vital it is to us. So if you are here Ghana, you have to pay. and you are not coming, uh, me, uh, me, I, don't, me, I don't even know what to do with you. Charlie, I'm really shocked. 100 Ghana. 100 Ghana. Oh, Charlie. So pay. I'm shocked. Pay and come. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Camps are very important. You know, um, camps are spiritual encounters. And like the man of God rightly said, it's a concentration of various meetings. You know, when you... When you go for camp, one of the feelings you may have is as though you've traveled for a very long time. When you are coming back, it's like, ah, how does the world even look like? Yeah. There's an importance to having some kind of um, consistent meeting. You know, when you go for camp, you cut away friends, what is going on social media, what is going everywhere. You are in a place where you are consistently hearing something. And hearing it, you know, when you come for service like this and you hear what is preached, somebody may try to distract you. Yeah. The preaching is just for an hour, an hour and a half. Before you realize the, the time is gone, then you are on your way back home. You are seeing people, you are relating with others, you are having experiences, you've gone home, you are looking for this. You've forgotten the message by Monday or Tuesday. But in a camp, right after the session, there's another one. Right? It's like your mind is consistently on something correct. And honestly, that was one of the things that's helped me. I realized that after every camp, there's a jump. 
after every camp, there's a jam. It's like, it's like deep surgery. It's like some surgical things have happened to me. Things that were difficult to understand, difficult to appreciate, difficult to relate with. Now it's like, okay, I get it now. I get it now. So camps, the various camps I have attended have changed my perspective about life. You know, you, you, you can't... Uh, there's a statement that he used to make many years ago, and it's something I think we should, we should always have in mind. He said that Christians, you know, when people come born again, when they give their life, they, they what? Yeah, when they give their life to Jesus and they come born again, they, they let their minds go on a vacation. Yeah. There's nothing for them to think about again. There's nothing to, to exercise their mind about. The only thing that, oh, I just have to be morally okay, and then I'm fine. And just like the man of God said, Christianity is way more than that. You think Jesus came to die so that you just have a moral code? There's a whole life he wants. There's a whole thing you have to bring your mind to. As serious as his death was, there's also something to engage our minds about. And you must be intentional about it. And come meetings help to bring a certain kind of wholeness, a certain kind of strength, a certain kind of education in your spirit. There's an education in the spirit. I remember one camp we had at uh, UPSA. We did it in the UPSA campus. Oh, my God. I think that was a camp that was a miracle sense or something like that. And I remember Reverend Joe's session. As he taught, I started vibrating. Wow. I was like, I could sense the presence of God. I was like, God, I commit myself to you. Like, it was a camp where I, I knew that God was talking to me. So, camp is a place where you hear God talk to you in a very special way. Hallelujah. Well, I'd like us to move to the next sec- segment or the next category. It, it, it flows into each other, so I think we should... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so the next thing is... What going for a camp means, and Pastor has started talking about it. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's an encounter with God. You should understand that from the beginning. When you are, you are putting it aside, okay, when you are exchanging it for any other thing, for work, for a certain kind of comfort, because there are some people who just don't want to go to the camp because they, are not, they can't carry their bed along. You like your bed so much. So when they hear, oh, we are going for camp, the questions you start asking is, where are we sleeping? What type, uh, of, what type, what of, bed type of room are we in? What type of bed? Is there a water heater? Is there... Am I lying? So it's like your main reservation. You should understand. If you don't understand, it's not a vacation. At all. It's not a field trip. It's an encounter with God. When you are going for a camp, what you are saying is that you are leaving where you are to meet God. Hallelujah. Have you ever had any appointment with any, a very important person before? Yeah. Normally, the person will call you. The person will tell you, come to my office. Come to my house. Meet me at this place. Do you get it? You, don't, you, you have something to discuss with the president. You don't tell the president that, please, I'll, I'll be available on Monday between 7 and 9. Can you make it? Can you, can you say that to the president? No. Oh, I hear. Yeah. Can you say that to your president? You can't even say that to your assemblyman. Yes, immediately the person has any form of authority. The next thing you are going to see is that the person will tell you that, meet me here. So camp is God telling you that. So right now God is telling you that, meet me on the mountain. Do you understand what is happening? So when you pass that opportunity, what you are telling God is that, oh, I can't come. Do you get it? And you should understand that it will have implications. Okay? If you, let's say you are a boss, some of you are working, 
you have your own company, and then you call your employee, you tell your employee that meet me at this junction, and your employee says that, oh, I can't come. Is it going to just go like that? It, it will have a certain kind of implication. It is, it's a natural occurrence. So understand that the camp we are going to, you are, it's an opportunity for you to meet God. And there are things that happen when you meet God. Hallelujah. And I want to show you just one or two of them. Are you interested? We are interested. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 32. So here, two incidents happen. The first one, Jacob goes somewhere, takes a stone, he sleeps. And then he has a dream and he sees angelic traffic. So he wakes up and he notices that, ah, God was here. And I did not even know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's in trouble. But he notices, he notices that this thing, I need a special encounter with God to be able to handle this thing. Have you ever felt like you, I need, I need to do something about this. I need to do something about my life. Because you, we make confessions. Sometimes we are all making confessions. People are sharing testimonies. People are talking. You are even getting to the point where you are doubting some of the testimonies. You are thinking that maybe we've done some kululu with some people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or somebody is like, you see, pastor is going up, but it's like you are not following. Today you are up, tomorrow you are down. So you know that this is something that I have to handle in a certain sense. So Jacob was in a place like that. And what he did was that he sent his family away. And then he, he decided, no, this I'm going to handle, I'm coming to meet God, I'm coming to handle this issue today. You cannot send your family away. Most of us cannot send our families away. But you can come. I've seen it. You can come. You can separate yourself. That separation is something that is very important. It's very important. Without that, the, it becomes normal. It has to be something out of the ordinary. To get an experience, to get a result that is out of the ordinary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jacob did all this, and I want to show you the impact of having such a meeting with God. So Genesis chapter 32, let's read from verse 24. It says, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled with a man. Wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. It says, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, as he wrestled with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is it's an, a camp, it's an opportunity for you to wrestle with God. Because sometimes, have you tried praying on your own for some hours before? Have you tried, have you ever um, made a certain plan that, okay, so I'm going to stay on these messages for, I'm going to listen to this message three times a day. And then you do the first one, and then the afternoon you do half, and then the evening you don't do it. Has it happened to you before? Yeah. What happens is that without that kind of separation, it's difficult to focus in a certain sense. But then when you have the separation, when you come for camp, you have come for camp. When you go to the club, you have come to the club. Sometimes somebody can force you to a certain place, that, and you notice that you are doing things that you will not normally do. Because now you are in the club, you are dancing. But normally, you will not dance. But once they were able to get you into the club, they, they got you to dance, they got you to drink alcohol. But it wouldn't have been possible. In the same way, you might not be able to pray in a certain way. But once you get into the camp, 
Waba, waba. So you notice that you can pray in a certain way. You notice that you can focus in a certain way. You notice that you can follow the message in a certain way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when that happened, after the wrestling, Jacob's walking style changed because his hip joint was dislocated. So now when Jacob is coming out of that camp and you see him, you know, ah, this is not the same Jacob. Now Jacob is walking funny. In the same way, when you are coming back from the camp, your walk is going to change. The, the way your, your life with God is, is going to change. Do you understand? You are going to have a different experience with God. You are going to have a different kind of walk. You are going to have a different kind of mindset. You are going to have a different kind of look. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the next thing that changed was his, his name. What he answers to. So, maybe everybody knows you as a foolish boy. They talk to you like that. You respond to that name. Everybody knows you as a sinner. Everybody knows you as somebody who is not serious. Everybody knows you as somebody who God cannot use in a certain sense. But after this encounter with God, you are going to notice that your name is going to change. What you respond to is going to change. Because one of the things that happens is that we want to do things. You want to, how many of you want to serve God? God to use you mightily. Yes, if you're a Christian, there was a day I was saying that even the devil wanted to be like God. Yeah. Everybody wants to be like God. Everybody. Unbelievers want to be like God. Everybody wants to be like God. But the thing is that without God facilitating it, first by getting you born again, and secondly, through training, it's something that even though it is the deepest of your desires, it cannot happen. And one of the ways he does that is to change your perception because your name has changed already. When you become born again, you, your name is Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then the camp is a place where you are going to be able to see and where you are going to be able to respond to this new name. So you are going to come back walking differently. You are going to come back with a new identity. You are going to come back responding to different things. So when Jacob came, now when you call him Jacob, you don't mind you. You have to call me Israel. Hallelujah. So some of you, as you are coming back, maybe you have some funny nickname. Something, somewhere. Virgin breaker or some. But you notice that after the camp, when you meet your friend, your friend called virgin breaker, you say, no. No, please. I'm a new man. A new man. Hallelujah. <laughs> I prophesy that you are going to come back a new man in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Whatever we don't add something. Yeah, just, just something a little to add. When, when we were on the flight coming, I had my daughter on my laps and she started crying. And I tried to, you know, console her. Oh, it's okay, it's okay. But it became louder and louder. My wife was dozing at that time. So I started getting angry, you know, because it's like I'm trying to console you. And so it's like, why should I? So my wife woke up and then said, oh, I think she's sleepy. And I said, ah. So she took, she took the baby, put the baby, you know, in, in her bosom and tapped her. And then all of a sudden, this kid who was throwing tantrums all over the place started sleeping. And it buttressed something that I've always known, that sometimes the needs of people are not always apparent. It's not always obvious, you know. Sometimes we are moved to people who have physical disability. It's like, okay, so when you meet someone who has a physical disability, opening the door, it's like you are too quick to help the person, you know, because we see them. But there are people 
<laughs> who have <laughs> issues inside, mental degradement inside, but we can't see them. In the same way, you have needs that are not apparent. The camp is what is going to reveal those needs to you and also bring the solution to it. Because what God is going to do in the camp is that he is bringing... I mean, when you look at the fly alone, it should move you to come. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I oh, don't yeah. know why people don't want to go, Charlie. But let me tell you something. There's this oxymoron in the Bible that says that you have to lose your life to gain it. I've lost my job to be here. Because when I put in the vacation to come, they said no. So I told them, okay, then I'm resigning. Because this is needful. I have a family, but I'm not thinking of income or whatever. I know that when I come for the camp, I'll get something better. You get what I'm saying? So, we are not just saying this to stir you up and just let you feel that, oh, Pastor, Pastor Oti has connived with Pastor Ima to come to Canada to encourage. No, no, no. That's not what we are doing. It is essential. It's essential. You know, there are certain sectors. For instance, we are preaching, evangelizing, we are doing all that. But you see that still there are certain people who are not listening to the gospel. Because there are certain sectors that we can reach certain people through. You get it? There are certain mountains, for instance, education. There are certain people who might be in your circle that you can reach them easily than I can. And what God is doing is that he's bringing certain different men from all those sectors to impact us this knowledge so that we'll be able to reach people from every circle. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you don't need to miss it for anything. You know, when in, in Genesis chapter 15, when God wanted to re-emphasize on the blessings that he has for Abraham, he did one thing. He told him, step out, look into the sky and see. Count the, count the stars that you see. In another time, he took him to the seashore and then told him to count, you know, the number of suns that is around. Because he was giving him a pictorial view just to see. You know, so some of you, just by seeing the men of God, that need that is apparent in you is going to change. So you just need to be there. You just need to be there. In Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful. Wow. I'm being blessed. Hallelujah. How many of you are being blessed? Amen. I just want to just re-emphasize. I don't want to say anything new. I just want to emphasize all that they are saying. Hallelujah. I mean, let, let's look at Genesis chapter 28. I mean, what the man of God was sharing or saying, I just wanted us to read some portions of it, just to take note of a few things. Genesis 28. Let's read from verse um, 10. Genesis 28 verse 10. Yes, let's read it from the screen. And Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place. See, a certain place. You know, some people th think and say things like, oh, Apple God is everywhere. I can even meet him in my room. You've been in that room for years. You are still the same. You are even getting worse. You are in that room. Oh, I have my Bible. Oh, I come for service. Oh, I don't want to stress myself. Oh, I look, you, you have been in that position for a long time. We, we don't see the difference. He lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. What I just want to emphasize here, we went for a camp very recently with Bishop Doug and he was talking about the supernatural. He said that the supernatural is usually shrouded in natural things. 
the supernatural is usually shrouded in natural things. You see something naturally happen, but it's a supernatural thing happening. For example, we give an example about the, uh, the, boat, the burning bush of Moses. I mean, who hasn't seen a bush burning? Bush burning is, I mean, you can just have the bush burning. It's not a problem. But there was something supernatural about that bush that was burning. He could easily have passed it by. In fact, it, most likely some people have seen it and passed by. Because if you see a bush burning, do you stop and watch, ah, what's really going on with this bush? No one checks. But there was something with Moses. He saw the bush burning and felt that he needed to give it some attention. It was when he gave it attention that he saw that, ah, I've been watching this for five minutes. Because you need to take time to realize that the bush is burning but not burning. It's not in an instance. He watched the thing after a while and realized that, ah, the thing is burning. I've been watching it for a while now. But it's like, it is not going anywhere. What is happening? Then he further looked at it critically. Because you see something, you're like, ah, is it burning or not burning? Okay, let me look at it again. Probably take, he, he would have taken a while just looking at it to be sure that what he's seeing is what he's seeing. If you don't give a certain attention to something that looks natural, you will not see the hand of God. When he realized that the bush was burning and decided to get close, then he heard God. Then God said that you have, you have stepped on holy ground. He did, it didn't look like holy ground. It was just like earth, like every other earth. But because of his attention and because he attended to that, God was able to speak to him. He had never had God speak to him in that way before. Never. So you may not have heard God in a certain way. But when you attend to this seemingly natural thing, it's like you are just climbing up every mountain to Mampo or something. When you attend to something like this, that seems natural. And you give the attention for it. Then you will see something supernatural in that experience. And that's where God started to speak to him. And can you imagine that it was that time that Moses' rod that he has always held, when he puts on the floor, it tends to stick. When he takes it, it turns back to a rod. That's why supernatural things start to happen. Anything supernatural actually is shrouded in some kind of natural thing. When the 5,000 were hungry, and Jesus said that, well, where's the food? I mean, what do they have around? And that we should feed them. They said they have only five loaves of bread. It was just ironical. They, just, they, were, they, were, they were not trying to give a solution. They were trying to say that, Charlie, in, in this whole place, the only thing that they say is even five loaves of bread. And it's a little boy's lunch. What will you do among many? Jesus took it. He blessed it and said that, go and share it. There's no record that when he blessed it and gave it to them, it was, it was in thousands. He said, he he, when he blessed it and brought it down, he said they should go and share it. Their obedience to that instruction of going to share bread that they know is just five. I mean, they counted the thing, they knew it was five. They decided to go and share based on an instruction. Not based on anything that they saw in the heavens, something happened. You, you are inviting for a camp, but you may not see something. It's like thunder is not striking somewhere. It's like, hey, it's camp, let's go. It's some normal invitation, like any invitation in town, like any bread in town. But as they shared it, they started to realize that something was happening over the period of time. It wasn't that when it broke one, it became thousand. They like when Peter broke the first one, pa, it was thousand. Hey, thousand, hey, thousand people come. Let me give you no. He broke the first one and was just distributing. But he didn't, before he realized, realized that ah, something is happening. They realized it after a while. At the end of the day, he, Jesus said that, you know what? Gather the rest of the bread. When they gathered, then they saw the miracle. They saw that the five had become 12 baskets that were full. The, the invitation you are getting, don't think that God is going to invite you with thunders and lightning. He's going to invite you like how we are inviting you. It sounds like a normal program. 
It sounds like something that would, would disturb your school, disturb your work, disturb your sleep, disturb your location, disturb your finances, disturb what? Make your parents angry with you and things like that. But there is something in there. It's a supernatural experience that is happening. Jacob was just got to a certain place. I mean, it was just one of the locations. They even gave a name to the place. And he decided to what? Let me put some stones and lie down and sleep. And look at what the, the, the Bible says. Verse 12. Genesis 28 verse 12. Can we continue? And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of which reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Now, the background story about Jacob here is that he was running away from his brother. He had a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble on him. And he found himself in a certain location. I don't know what kind of trouble you may be having. I don't know what kind of things you may be running away from. I don't know the kind of thing that may be pressurizing you. But there's a certain location that you should be in. Over there, he slept. And the ladder came with angels going up and down. He said, read to them, and behold, the angels of God. Next verse. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. And he said a number of things to him. But all that God said was in a dream. When, when you wake up from dream, sometimes you're wondering, is it real or not real? Is it? You, you know you have dreamed a dream, but it's like, you're not too sure whether the dream is not so clear. And let's jump. Let's jump to where he woke up. Let's jump to verse um, 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in his place and I knew it not. It means that God can be at a place and you don't know he's there. It feels normal. It looks like nothing is happening. Do you know what he did? He learned from this. And the Bible is there to teach us, to help us appreciate something. He learned from this and we thank God for that. Let's go to Genesis now. Chapter 30, 31. At the end of 31, you see his father-in-law accusing him that he has taken something and all that. So let's read verse 55. And early in the morning, Laban rose up and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them. And Laban departed and returned in unto his place. That's what happened. The next verse is chapter 32, verse 1. And Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. He just went on his way. And the angels of God met him. Do you know what the way he was going to? He was going back to the same place he had an encounter with God. And because he was on that way, he had a supernatural encounter. As you are preparing for this camp, which you are going to talk about how to prepare, you begin to have some angelic experiences. If you are interested, you have it. Next verse. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanayam. And do you know what Mahanayam means? It means two camps. That's what it means. Mahanayam, you can check in your Bible. It means two camps. He had come to a certain campground and he recognized it. The next thing he did, and it's, maybe it, it enters into our third category, how to prepare. He decided to send anything that may distract him away. Because the reason his father-in-law came to chase him was because one of his wives had taken the father's idol and hidden it and the father was chasing them for that idol. Distractions. Like things, that normal, natural things happening all over the place. This one said this, your uncle, your father, your auntie, something happening here. All these distractions. So he realized that no, there's something must do. He decided to send all of them ahead of him. He sent the servants. He sent every person and everyone away from him. That they should take the lead. He'll be there. He's coming. They should go. Most likely they passed the same place to go. They didn't have an experience. But 
he had an experience. He was doing something. Let's let's go down again. Now we are. Let's jump to verse. Verse 22 will not be bad. Let's read 21. 21 is not bad. So when the present be over before him and himself lodged that night in the company. Something like, why must I come and sleep at that place? And I have my room. It's air-conditioned. How about going to this place? I don't even know who I slept on the bed before. And, and maybe the place will even be too cold. And, and so many excuses. So many excuses. But you find that he lodged that night in the company. He lodged that place. Next. And he arose up that night and took his two wives and his two men servants and his eleven sons and passed over the fourth Jabbok. Message 21. The, the man goes, let's read the basic version of it. So his guests went before him while he settled down for the night in the camp. I don't know if what you are saying, you are seeing it. You see, if God is going to talk to you and encourage you for the camp, this is it. In case you are expecting something supernatural some it will not even rain today i tell you yeah it, rain crowd will not come this one this is what god is saying this is the burning bush for you if you should give some attention to it okay what are these people saying okay let me listen a bit more you start to hear god let's go next but during the night he got up and took his two wives his two maid servants and his 11 children and crossed the fort of the fort of jabok of the jabok he got them safely across the brook along with all his possessions but Jacob stayed behind by himself. This is a period for you to come by yourself. Organize. You see, some of you, it's like we are forcing you to come. When, if you should finally even come, at least at, at, least at this point, decide that, look, I am coming. And, I, and I'm coming for me. Not because, oh, some friend of mine is coming. We will jump around. Oh, some girl I've been feeling should be at the camp. I'll run here. Oh, uh, this, I, um, I have these friends I want to vibe with. No, come for yourself. By, but Jacob stayed behind by himself. And a man wrestled. A man. Can, can you imagine it? It describes it as a man. Who, like a man wrestled with him until daybreak. The Bible even says it was a man. You see, the, the, the person who is forcing you to the camp, you, you may not know that it, it may be just the God just trying to get your attention right there. Don't, don't resist something. So it says a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Next. When a man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. The man said, let me go. It's daybreak. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. When you come for this camp, I think I've even entered the next one already. When you come for this camp, decide to be blessed. Don't let anything distract you. Don't let any issue from the house, any issue from work, any issue from your family, any issue from anything around you, even your own body, don't allow it. Let your body know that, look, I've come for a special meeting. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm aiming to be blessed. I'm aiming that at the end of this, I will have a certain kind of change. You know when we say blessings there, it's not like, oh, the pastor just said, oh, God bless you. And you said, amen. And that was it. Expect something to happen for you. Look at what happened. The man said, what's your name? He answered, Jacob. The man said, but not longer. No longer. Your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it's Israel, which is God wrestler or prince with God. You've wrestled with God and you've come through. Can you imagine it? The man he was relating with, he didn't know it was God that was working through that man toward him. He didn't realize it, but because he gave some attention to it, there was a change of name. 
There was a change of destiny. There was a change in his life. He was no more called a supplanter, a cheater. He was called somebody who was a wrestler with God. Somebody who is a prince with God. Somebody who, who prevailed with God. Let's look at King James. King James of this. And he said, thy name shall, no more, shall be called no more Jacob by Israel. For as a prince has thou power with God and with men. What a blessing. As we rise and climb up this mountain, we will come back with our names changing. Our destinies realigned. We will come down different men. We will have to reintroduce ourselves to our friends and family. That we are different now. Look at the next one. Verse 29. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou doest ask after my name? And he blessed him there. In the, ne- in, the, in the previous encounter, encounter he had, he had a dream of certain things being said to him. In this encounter, he had a blessing spoken directly to him. Now, he will not be confused whether he is blessed or not. Now, you will not be confused whether, is there a dream I had? Is there some feeling? Because some people have entered, have had some feelings with God. But it's like there's no conviction. They are, they are not too sure. But I tell you, as we rise into this, come and come down. There'll be some surety, like there's some conviction, like, oh no, I've had an encounter. And like the man of God said, your walk with God will change. Your name will change. The way you relate will change. Hallelujah. Amen. Probably we've entered in the third section anyways, which is how to prepare for the camp. There are physical things to do to prepare for spiritual things. When Jesus did his first miracle, it was actually something that was physical. He went to a wedding. God likes wedding. Get married in Jesus' name. Don't be thinking. I don't know. I just heard somebody, some people have been thinking about just giving birth instead of getting married. This is a side issue for you. Get married. That's the right thing to do, okay? Jesus went to a wedding, okay? And the, the, the drinks are finished. But today our drinks will not finish. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. If not, we'll have a miracle happy here in Jesus' name. And the wine and the drink got finished. And what is a party without drinks? And so the mother came and said that, Jesus, the drink is finished. Do something about it. She was like, it's not my time. Like, Charlie, relax for me. I mean, I just turned 30. Relax for me. What is all this? Then he goes to tell the same man, whatever he says, whatever it is, as nonsense as it can sound, do it. After I come for this camp, we may be giving you some instructions. Do this. Don't do this. Pass here. Don't pass here. Pack this. Don't pack this. Come, come again. Wear this, type wear this type of dress. Don't wear this type of dress. Do, oh, say it in the mind so that they sleep. Sleep at this time. Sleep at this time. Wake up at this time. Wake up at this time. Don't go here. Don't go here. You may be hearing things like that. Yeah. But you see, there are instructions that are to align you for a miracle for you. The, the, Jesus' mother told them, whatever he says, do it. Whatever it is, do it. And so Jesus decided to say something. He just said that, you know what? Fetch water from one of these and pour it into that. They said, go and serve it. Water for washing. Water for washing. People, washing what, they, what they used to wash hands, Jesus said, go and pour it into their cups for them. Let them drink. What an instruction. It doesn't look spiritual in any way. At least you should have said that, let's go and buy a very nice distill. Let's get distilled water or fresh or sparkling water or something. And then let's serve it. And let me turn the sparkling water into wine. From sparkling water to sparkling wine. I mean, it's a very nice miracle. But he decided that, look, the water they used to wash their hands, pour it into it for them, let them drink. It may look common, the instruction. It may look normal, the instruction. It may look like a bother. It may look like nonsense. But when he did that, and they went to serve it, they said that this is the best wine. 
The Bible does not record that when they poured it, it turns wine. He said that when they served it and they drank it, they realized that, ah, this is the best wine. It happened along the way. It happened along, along respecting the instructions. Just regarding the instructions. Yeah. Let, let me add this other story. Then I, the, my, my, my brothers will continue from there. How many of you remember Neiman, the, the leper? Uh, it's Neiman, right? The leper. He went to, he heard about the prophet. He heard about the man of God. And decided that, look, let me go and look for this man of God. We have men of God on the bill. Yeah. Several of them. Yeah, he has heard about him. He's never had an encounter with him. But he's heard about him. That, oh, they are powerful. They are this. Like we are telling you. Well, thank you very much. You see, our father and the Lord right there. Uh, I will show you a scripture. A scripture very soon. So you can respect, you can see what kind of man we have. You see, you can relate with the man and think that he is normal. You, you can think, oh, this one, we know him. We know where he stays. We know what he, what he dresses like. He know the scriptures you use. And you don't know him. You, we are coming to that one. You see, Prophet Adam, you see, Reverend George Wilford after. I mean, when a man preaches, you don't know whether you, you've read your Bible before or not. Yeah, it's like, did I buy a Bible or it's a textbook? What, what am I holding? You wonder which Bible he's also using. You see, Episcopal Sister Joy Philippe Bruce, at the age and the kind of things she does, when you see Prophet Achuma Nasi, that's spirit working. That, that's literally spirit that is working. You see Bishop Daggy or no, that's a principality in the, in the system. And they are men. You've heard, oh, yeah, they are powerful. They've had this happen in their meetings in times past. And then you climb up, come in there. Like Neiman, he went there, expecting a certain kind of, you know, some, some, some serious, dynamic something. Look, their prophet did not even come out to meet him. He sent one person, go and tell them that they should go and wash in River Jordan without even coming out to meet them. You know, sometimes people climb up or go for some programs. They are looking for how to go and shake the man of God. I have to hold, lay hands. Oh, put your hand, your leg on my head. Hey, trying to do certain physical things that will show that now I have connected to the anointing. You may not hold their hands in a certain way. You may not have a certain physical experience, but you may have a meeting with some words being spoken. Maybe you'll be sitting at the corner somewhere and you may not be able to meet them personally. Maybe they called some people they did not call you. I'm trying to help you prepare for it. Neyman had this prophet tell him that, go and wash in some river around. Kolegono. You know Kolegono? They sit inside it. They defecate. They, 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 they urinate inside it. They do so many things inside. Say, go and wash in that one and you'll be fine. I'm sick. You want me to go and wash in water that is not even correct. What is wrong with this man? What kind of thing is this? He doesn't respect. He says that, are there not better waters in my... I have, I have personal pool in where I'm staying. Person, if I want to bath, it's not here I'll come and bath. If I want to really do something, it's not here I'll come and... But a little girl told him something. And I pray that we hear these small, small boys that are sitting in front of you, you hear us. Told him that if he told you to do something big, you would have done it. But if there's something small, why don't you do it? Some people talk about how that, oh, they want to do things for God. When they, when they, they are in trouble, you see what people do when they are in trouble, how they will relate to God. They will be at an all night. They will do some radical thing. God is saying that if you, if I'm asking you to just climb up a mountain to meet me, if you can do some radical thing, why not something as simple as attend the camp? Why not just attend the camp? When the little girl spoke to Nehemiah, he listened. And he went to bath seven times in water that was not correct. And Bible says that when he came out, he was whole. 
His skin was like that of a baby. He had changed. I tell you, as you heed to the instructions and as you prepare for this camp, you realize that you become whole. Things you struggled with will just leave you. You realize that you have become okay. You become sound. It's like you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you have been transformed. Something has happened to you. Hallelujah. Let's hear from the man of God. Beautiful. Hallelujah. You've said a lot. <laughs> but I'll just add a few things to it. And the man of God has, it has blown our imagination. Even as we are sitting here, we are amazed at the things that we, were say, we are saying. But it's a proof that God wants you to be there. Are you getting it? It's a proof that God really wants you to be there. You know, one of the things that we have to do to prepare ourselves for the come is focus. To focus. Pastor um, Reverend Corby mentioned in Genesis 32 verse 24 that they left everything and he was alone. There are certain things you have to leave. You have to leave before you come. Leave that phone there. Are you getting it? Leave it. Because it is one, don't you realize that it is your number one distraction? Leave it there and come. Come with the buy, buy notebook. Use notebook. Don't use your phone. Yeah. Anything that would be a distraction, leave it to your room. It's, it's just five days. Let it die. Focus on the Lord. You know, there's one thing that made Jesus' ministry thrive, and it's because of the law of focus. He was so focused. Just imagine in John chapter 6, he preached a powerful message. To us, it's powerful, but to them, it wasn't powerful. That they should eat his flesh and drink his blood. And all of them said they are, they are going because Jesus has now become a cannibal. But I was expecting Jesus to say that, oh, all that I'm saying is metaphorical. Please, come back. I, I, come and let me explain to you. But he re-emphasized and said, I won't change what I'm saying. I will say the same thing, whether you understand it or not. And after he asked his disciples that, are you also going to leave? He was focused. He didn't care what the people would say about him. He didn't care. He didn't want to change his message because of them. And that made his ministry thrive because he was so focused. What is going to happen to us when we focus is that we are going to thrive in life. Hallelujah. Every, you know, we, we can't talk about camp without expectation. And we can't talk about expectation without Luke chapter 8, the woman that touched Jesus, you know. But the thing is that sometimes our expectations are not God's expectations. Mm. So come open-minded yeah. that I'm ready to receive anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to receive anything. Yeah. These yeah. men that God has brought into our life in such a time as this is to help unleash certain things in our lives yeah. so that we can touch the world. It's true. Are you getting what I'm saying? So your focus is very important. It's very essential as you come for the camp, let everything go. Let everything go. Come, every instruction that is given to you, just follow. And I know that your life is going to be beautiful. You know, one, one thing that I'll add to what I'm saying is that, you know, when the man of God was talking about how Moses dropped the rod and it turned to a serpent. So the children of Egypt, which is the magicians of Egypt, they also knew the same tricks. So it wasn't new to them. You know, and that were the tricks that were keeping the children of Israel in bondage because of a certain power that they had. What is going to happen is that the world see these men as keeping us in bondage. So now you hear certain people say that, why are you listening to a pastor? Why are you going to church? That same strategy 
is what God is going to do to release us out of captivity. Because we are the children of Israel. He's going to use these same men that people are backlashing, saying things about to release us out of captivity and show us to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow, I'm so blessed. You see, if you are here and you are having, it's like there's a wrestling match going on in your heart. You see, go back to the scripture in Genesis chapter 32. The Bible says that there he wrestled with a man. And at the end of everything, we notice that he was wrestling with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, we are going to, it's something that is, is going to happen throughout the camp. We are going to hear men speak. You see, Paul said that for though we war, our war is not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And he mentioned that it is for pulling down strongholds. That's one of the reasons why camps are powerful. Because, you know, have you ever been in church and you've wrestled with a message before? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So one of your major preparations is to understand that you are going to enter into a certain kind of wrestling. You are going to have to wrestle with this powerful man of God. But in this wrestling, your fight is to give in. Do you understand? Yeah, your flesh doesn't want to give in. But your fight, your major fight is to give in and allow them to dislocate your hip. Do you get it? So that you can live with your blessing. Hallelujah. So he said that I will not let you go. I mean, when we've had people who are not in this church who are coming for the camp. I hope you know that. Yeah. We had an incident. The guy saw the flyer and said, why, why is Pastor T doing that? What kind of life is that? And we thought he was saying it in a negative way. He was like, how can you organize all these people for one meeting? How do I register? That was it. Instantly. He paid instantly. He just sent his money, sent his friends instantly. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, it is, maybe it's not something you are seeing. That's why we are doing what we are doing. Maybe, maybe you are understanding all, as Pastor Imam said, we are discussing it. Inside. Sometimes your expectation is that you are going to be happy. Your expectation is that um, you get a beloved, you like beloved things. So. You know, your mind can be, and that can be a reason why you not come. Because in your mind subconsciously, we are just going to gather ourselves and just be there, just listen to some messages and come back. So when you meet the slightest resistance, I can let it go. It's not, I can let it go. It's just this next week Sunday that we will not have service. The next Sunday, there will be service here in Tessaros and I'll be back and I'll be blessed. Hallelujah. I'll, 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 you can even tell us, I'll even listen to the messages. I'll even do it. I'll even join online. I'll even do a come for myself with the messages. And you don't understand what is, what is happening. Hallelujah. It's an opportunity for you to hear things that, is, that can change your life. So come with the mindset that I am coming to be blessed. If you don't have anything in your mind, that is where an Asha will say, hey, foolish boy, sit down. And then that is the end of the camp for you. Do you get it? Maybe you enter, you notice that maybe your bed is half the size of everybody's bed. It's like, oh, why? Only me. Why, why did they do this to me? And then the camp has ended for you. We went for Shiloh and we have so many challenges. So many challenges. We didn't get a place to sleep. 
It was, it was a horrible experience. But as we were walking around, I met a man who had put some cloth by the, the side of the road in the grass. Like, this is the street, the gutter, this is the grass. And that was where he was going to sleep. And he told me that I have man. a church not, not a with man. about, I think he said 2,000 or so people in my church. When he said it, I hung my head. I didn't talk again. When I came back to where everybody was, and everybody was talking, I just sat down quietly. I was just waiting for them. I just started speaking in tongues into the next session. Because he said that, did you come here to come and sleep? That's the question. He was like, if it was sleeping that you came for, then you shouldn't have come. Because you have a better bed in your house. Do you understand? You didn't come to eat. We are not going to go and eat. No. There are some nice eating times inside. But we are not going to come and eat. Go there to go and eat. We, there's one life jam. There's this. There's this. We are not going. We've had one life jam here before, haven't we? So if it's because of jumping and jamming, this is a very nice. The auditorium is not so different from this place. We can easily have it here. But there is a reason we are going to encounter men that God has carefully created for us to listen to their words and move on to the next phase of our lives. And we are ten years. This might not happen for the next 10 years. It's true. We will have camps, but having a lineup like this, being at where we are, we are, it, it will not happen again. That's what I, it will not happen again. This is, a, this is once. Do you get it? So when we're coming this morning, I was hearing some stories from our faculty people who are not going to make it. And I, I became sad. Can I show you a scripture? Show us. Scripture. Show us. Proverbs chapter 19. You see, sometimes when we are doing things, you are free to make every choice we want to make. Yeah. You are very free. Okay? So when we are trying to help you, it's not, we are not forcing you. Because ultimately, you are still the one going to decide whether you are going to give in to what is being said or not. So you are free to make your choice. But you are not free from the consequences of your choice. At all. Do you get it? So you are free to decide that, oh, I'll not come for the service, but you are not free. You, have you ever missed church before? Yeah. Do you notice that the service happened? Yeah. Even though you were not there? Yeah. So there was prayer, there was worship, there were ministrations, there was message, there was offering. Everything happened. Yeah. Do you get it? So you are not free from the consequences of your choice. So if you are the one going to decide where God should bless you, okay, you are the one going to decide which meeting you can come to and which meeting you cannot come to. Which meeting is comfortable for you and which meeting is not comfortable for you. What you can do and what you cannot do in that sense. If I say today that everybody coming for the camp, this is a secret. We are not going to tell anybody, but I am running my mouth. So everybody, when you enter Anakazo, you get one um, Range Rover Evoke. No, will your parent or your job, okay, will it stop you from coming? No, let's be sincere. So, when we are talking about, don't confuse the issue. Don't make it look like we don't understand. Will you, he's coming from Canada. Yeah. You are complaining about paying 100 CDs. What's your plane ticket 100 CDs? Not, not even the food was 100 CDs. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, he has paid... We didn't pay for him. Nobody paid for him. He's coming. They even paid more. 
The camp fees, they charged them. They paid more. Yeah, they paid more than 100 cities. He was looking through the list and his name, there is a negative by their RS. He said, Ama, well, what's the negative? I said, it's negative because you've paid over. Do you get it? Plus, plane ticket, everything. And then you are sitting comfortably in one corner. Butchie, and you butchie, are saying that, oh, I can't come because I'm doing internship. I can't come because I'm doing national service. I can't come. What I'm telling you is that you are free to make that decision. Free. But if you were God, were you going to give the same blessing to the one who traveled from Canada to make it, to honor you and respect you that God is calling me, so I'm going to be there? Are you going to give that same attention to the other person? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3. Hallelujah. So I'm letting you know that just as those who are coming are going to be blessed, there's going to be a difference. That's what it says in Malachi. It says there's going to be a difference between those who serve God and those who didn't. Okay? So the Bible says that the foolishness of man perverted his way and his heart fretted against the Lord. Sometimes you go forward in life in a year, in two years, in six months, then you sense some kind of frustration. It's like, ah, why is this thing not working? So as I'm talking right now, your heart, it's like you're even getting angry. But I'm showing you, I'm prophesying to you. Wow. So you go forward, message. You go forward and it's like there's this frustration. There's this thing that I can't get around it. This is the solution. The solution, God doesn't react to our problems. He gives us his word so that his word will guide us and steer us away. And help us live that victorious life. So when he tells you that this is what I want you to do. says people ruin their lives by their own stupidity. Mm. So why does God always get blamed? So in a few months, in a few years, you come and then you are coming with prayer topics. God, do this for me. It's not working. It's not doing this. God is answering that prayer on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. That prayer is being answered now. Do you understand? So you can't come back two months later and come and order God. I confess it. I confess. I declare that this is happening. You, you declare, the declaration will be in your mouth. That is all. You just be talking. Hallelujah. So learn how to respond. And this is what is your major preparation. So for those of us who are, have already decided that we are coming, and those of you who are still playing, you get it decide that I am coming to hear from God. I am coming to be blessed. I am coming. Decide that. When you decide that nothing would, you, you, you might not even buff the whole time of the camp, but you are blessed. Like whatever is happening is secondary. The main reason why I came is to hear. And you always be ready to hear. And you cannot come back the same. I promise you. In Jesus name. Amen. Wow. Wow. Is it helping you? Yeah. I want to end with this scripture for us because I think it may summarize all that we are trying to say. It's Judges chapter 13. The whole chapter. I'll not read everything, but I'll just give you the background to it. Just so that you can appreciate some things. Okay? You should be deciding to come and making sure that another person you know is also going to come. If you can't make adjustments for God, why do you think that God should make adjustments for you? I mean, what he just said is so powerful because some prayers, uh, it's not ahead because what God had given an answer ahead of time. When you called for a meeting, you didn't come. 
How come now you are calling him for a meeting and you want him to come? He's also busy running the world. No, between you and God, who is busier? No, who can give more excuse about being engaged with something? Between you and God. God is, this is how God calls for his meetings. Though. Let, let me, like I said, let me just go through this chapter with you and then we'll be done, we'll be done with the talk show. Amen. So this is Judges chapter 13. I'll read portions and jump, okay? Yeah. Um, and the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them in the hand of the Philistines 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, or Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren, and bare not. I mean, there's so much I can say about it, but we don't have the time for it today. It's at the camp. When you come to the camp, you hear everything. Verse 3. Take note. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said, Behold, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear son. Now, take note that he said, Behold, and the angel of the Lord, right? So let's take root of what the Bible says and what the woman says and what the man says. You see what I'm trying to show you. Verse 3 tells you the angel of the Lord. After saying all that he said to the woman, verse 6, jump to verse 6 now. Then the woman came and told her husband and saying, a man of God came unto me and his countenance like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. I asked but I asked him not where he was. Neither told he me his name. Okay. Jump to verse 8. So the angel of that appeared. The woman said it was a man of God. Then verse 8. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us. And teach us. And teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. That he may teach us. You are going to hear some instructions to teach you. There are some men of God that are lined up. But there's some secrets to them. We are coming. That he may teach us. Right? That's verse 8, right? Verse 9. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again. Whenever the Bible, whenever the God is giving a commentary, he gives that is the angel of God. When the man and woman are giving a commentary, they say it's a man of God. You, you see, you can easily see a natural person. You see, the man of God, the, the supposed man of God that we are seeing right now, they are the same people who are referred to in Revelation as the angel of the church of this. The angel of the church of this. You, you, may, not be know, you may not be sure whether you are handling a man or an angel. So be careful how you relate. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, let me continue. That's verse 9, right? Okay. Now let's jump to... So now the woman came, the angel came again, they met and on all that. Verse 12. Let's go to verse 12. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? And how shall we do unto him? You need some instructions in life. Oh. There are some things you've never birthed before. You need some instructions as to how to go about it. Look at verse 13. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Manoah, again the angel of the Lord, he says a number of things. 15. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain you until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. They, they, they thought it was just, you know, like, you know, he's hungry. Come and dinner. You know, at this camp we'll be sowing some seeds. We'll be sowing into the man of God's life. Hey, don't, don't think that, ah, come into your mom. I mean, pet some 20. Then cry, I mean, I mean, okay. Okay. I mean, for we, any seed. Big error. Let's prepare a kid. Let's recreate a kid for thee. Verse 15, right? 
Verse 16. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. We are going to be throwing some seeds at the, at, the, at the place. Do it unto the Lord. Whatever, as we walk on that ground there, do everything unto the Lord. Bible says, whatever you find to do, whether in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Now look at it. I will not eat of thy bread, and if thou offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. But he was a man. They could relate with him like he's a man. Look at the next one. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? That when thy sins come to pass, we may do thee honor. Next. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why ask thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? Okay. Next one. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. He, re he respected it. He did it unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. I see you beholding some wondrous things as you climb up the mountain of the Lord. You behold some wondrous things you've never seen before. You don't have to have seen it before. You will behold things you've never imagined. And the angel did wondrously. As you regard the men of God that are coming, as you respect them that ah, these are ministers of God that have come from our Father and the Lord. If you don't learn to respect our Father and the Lord as an angel of the Lord, you don't respect the rest. That's what will happen. As you regard that, there are some experiences you have never imagined, but you start to experience. The angel did one of the and Manoah and his wife looked on. What happened? What happened? Let's look at it. For it came to pass, and I see it coming to pass in your life. I don't know how many of you are hearing what I'm saying. I say, I see it come to pass in your life. It's like some 10 people are the ones saying, I say, I see it come to pass in your life. Your life. Not your neighbor's life. I see it, it come to pass in your life. And it came to pass. When the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. And Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no, did no more appear to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. The last thing I want to say is that know that you are about to experience angels of God. That are amen. Bible says that do, do, not, do, not, it says, do not hold back in entertaining strangers. For some have entertained angels unawares. Unawares. In Jesus' mighty name. Have you been blessed by the talk show? Yeah. Have you been ministered to? Yeah. In Jesus' name. I don't know if there's anything to round up with. I'd like us to welcome our Father and the Lord with a standing ovation. Let's welcome our Father and the Lord. Let's do it better. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Let's give them a big, big round of applause as they take their seats. Wow. Have you been blessed? Is it not a blessing? You may kindly take your seat in heavenly places where you belong. Wow. So you are coming to the camp, isn't it? And I know it's going to be a blessing to you. They've said a lot about camps. And the only thing I'll say about it is that it is a time to encounter the Holy Spirit in a different way. If you read in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible talks about how Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. 
before Jesus attempted to do anything in his life with respect to ministry and what God had called him to do, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to come for 40 days. And when he returned from the camp after 40 days, Bible says that his fame was spread abroad. So as you return from this camp, your fame will be spread abroad. All across the world. To the glory of God. You know, what you value and honor notices you after some time. What you value and what you honor will notice you. If you value and honor God and his word, God and his word will also notice you after some time. Yes. I can't begin to enumerate the number of times um, I have gone to wait on God and camp with God and the things that has happened to me. This ministry came out of a camp that I was having with the Lord personally. I was just, I, was, I hadn't gone to go and find out about anything. I was just camping with the Lord, just spending time with the Lord. The Lord told me, do this. Build me a world where Christ is all in and all and make Christ the center of the world. And I said, ah, but Lord, there are other ministries. This one is here, this one is there. I love them. I want to join them. He said, no, start this. For there are many lives that are dependent on you. Just do it. That's what God told me. He said, just do it and it will work. It's been 10 years. Yes. None of these things, there was, no, there was nothing. None of these things were there. But out of that camp, something has happened. God is everywhere, but there are places God will lead you to. He doesn't speak to you everywhere. No, he doesn't. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 22. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, was there upon me, and he said unto me, Arise, go forth into the plain, and there, and I will there talk with thee. The Lord was talking with him, but he was talking to him to go to a certain place where he would talk to him. Do you understand? He was telling him to go to a place where he would talk to him. Yeah. Let's read Matthew, Matthew 28, verse 11. Matthew 28, verse 11. When Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, he could appear and disappear at any time, in any place. He could show up anywhere. But he told his angel to tell the disciples, verse 10. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid, go tell my brethren that this is Jesus talking to the women, when he saw the women. He said unto them, be not afraid, go tell my brethren. Now Jesus appeared to these wonderful men, to the Marys, the, the four Marys at the tomb. There were five Marys in the Bible during Jesus' time. But four of them showed up at the tomb. The fifth one did not show up because she had revelation of Jesus Christ and his resurrection before he died. That she was the one who honored her, honored him by pouring oil upon him and all of that. So she didn't go to the tomb because she knew that Jesus would rise from the dead. There's no need to go there. But these four went. And when, when they, met, they met Jesus, now Jesus could have said, go and call my disciples to come. I'm here. I'm waiting for them. But he told them, go and tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Now, Galilee is at least 300 kilometers away from Jerusalem. You may think that it's just, it's like, I go back to North Legon. It's not North Legon. It's Accra to Kumasi and beyond, maybe to Sunyane. Walking. They didn't have any means of transportation. They just had to walk. Are you what I'm talking about? Couldn't he have showed himself to them in Jerusalem? 
He said, go all the way to Galilee. And there you shall see me. And when they got into Galilee and they met him, he told them to go to another place, back to Jerusalem, because he was going to meet them back in Jerusalem and ascend before them outside of Jerusalem. Yes. yes. Different locations as the Lord leads you. So if you don't go where God wants you to go, it's a problem. Go back to Ezekiel chapter 22, chapter 3, verse 22. So this is important. It's an encounter with the Spirit. And I don't know why you would miss it. You have to be there. You have to be there. You have to be there. An old face is closing and a new face is beginning. Yes. And it is in your own interest to be a part of what God is doing in this ministry, in this church. You have to be a part of it. Don't be here and not be a part of what is going on. Because after some time, you will not be here. And you only look on with admiration. And see, I used to be there. I used to be a part of them. I know them. Oh, I know Pastor T. I've sat with him before. Oh, I know this person. I know this person. You come and see, you come, you just come and uh, uh, be looking at pictures and be pointing things. Oh, I, I know this place. I know. But you will not, you will actually not be a part of what's going on. Because when the time came for you to be involved in what was going on, you took yourself out. It is a very dangerous thing to do. Yes. If these people had not attended that camp 10 years ago, the last time, listen, this is the last, this camp is the last camp we'll ever have together as a church. It will never happen again in this church. Never. We'll have camps, but it will be on smaller scales. Not all of us. So it is, it is like, it is a camp like no other. It's once. It will never happen again. You will be surprised. Yeah. You may think I'm not a prophet, but I am a prophet. When I say something, it's, it's because the Lord is telling me to tell you. That is why I'm telling you. Do you understand? It will never happen again. So if you miss it, you have missed something very important. Yes, you, you have missed something very, very, and you may be surprised that this is going to, this may be the first and the last time someone like Bishop Dag will come into our ministry. This may be the first and the last time. I'm not joking with you. Do you understand? Yes. I prophesied this come many years ago, and I prophesied he was going to come. Yeah. There's something I said that is even happening. I said something in the, in the, in the audio that is happening practically. It's amazing. Within two weeks, it has happened. Yes, when it, when, when, it, when it, it's happening next two weeks, when it happens, then I'll bring the tip and play it to you so that you understand. So understand when I tell you that someone like Bishop Doug may never come into our ministry again. Not that he's going to die in two years or whatever, no. But what you respect, you don't, you don't joke with something you respect. Do you understand? You don't joke with what you, what you respect. What you respect, you don't joke with. You must honor. Yes. What you, don't, what you, what you respect, you don't joke with. You must honor. I, I respect him a lot. I honor him a lot. It is because of his ministry that I'm here. He's my father in the ministry. Yes. It is his preaching, his teaching, his prophecies, his touch. Yeah. That has brought us where we are. So if someone like that is coming into our ministry at this time, I don't know why you would want to miss it. Be around. On Friday, I'm going to preach about him. I'm going to preach about Bishop Dag. Friday evening, preaching about Bishop Dag and how we should receive him. Yes. He says, and the hand of the Lord was there upon me, and he said unto me, Arise. Go forth into the plain, and I will there talk with thee. Next verse. Then I arose and went forth into the plain. And behold, the glory of the Lord stood there. Where he told me to go, when I got there, the glory of the Lord stood there. Yes, when you go where God wants you to go, the glory of God will meet you there. And it will change you. It will change you. You realize that you have become a different person. Your, your resource is different. Yeah. 
Some people ask me questions. How is your ministry? How is the ministry working? What are you doing? It's because I just follow instructions. I just follow what the Lord tells me to do. It's not methods. There are people doing the same thing we are doing, but it's not working. Yeah, people have come. I'll teach them. I, mean, I don't hide anything. I'll give you everything we have. Manuals, whatever, if you are interested. But there's something, you see. If, if the Lord tells you to do something and you don't do it, you'll be surprised. The glory of the Lord stood there. As the glory which I saw, I saw by the river of Cheba. And I fell on my face. Next verse. Then the Spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet. So as you come, the Spirit of God will enter you. The Spirit of God is in you. There are levels of the Spirit. If you don't know, I'm telling you. There are levels of the Spirit. Okay? There are levels. You can increase in the Spirit. And this is an encounter with the Spirit for you to increase on many levels. He says, he set me upon my feet. Maybe there are things that are in your life that are not, it's, it's not setting on its feet. But as the Spirit enters you because of your attendance and because of your presence, you'll be set on your feet. Then he, then he said unto me, listen, when he, and when he set him onto, on, on his feet, look at what he told him. He says, and say, he said unto me, go, shut thyself within thine house. Go, shut yourself within your house. In other words, come for more camps with me. Eh? He told him, come and come, come and be here. When he got there, he saw the glory of God, the Spirit entered into him. And he heard the Spirit say again unto him, go inside and shut yourself within your house. Yeah. Are you saying it? Yeah. Yes. So, having a certain kind of time with the Lord cannot be overemphasized. It cannot be overspoken of. It's not possible. Because that is the means, that is the way for your life to record real changes, real development, real improvement, real advancement. The Bible says the Lord advanced, it was the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron. You want to be advanced? You want to go forward? You want to do well? Don't joke with the Lord. Honor him by being where he wants you to be. At the time, he wants you to be there. If you miss it, you've missed something very important. That's the truth. If you miss it, you've missed something very important. And like I said, it will never happen again. So there will not be another opportunity for that to happen in that way. That all love economy churches gathered in one place. It's not going to happen. Because we will never have the opportunity for that to happen. You'll be in your church and we'll be ministering from here to you. Or from another auditorium or something. That's what will happen. But prior that all of us will come together... Every physical human being in this church coming together at one place. It's not going to happen again. So if people from Canada have come, they've bought tickets, he's lost his job so that he can be here. Man, why won't God honor you? God will honor you. God will honor you. So, see you in the next few days. Listen, my wife was pregnant. My my father in the Lord, Reverend George's wife, was also pregnant. And do you know our prayer? What our prayer was? Reverend, you know Reverend George? Reverend George's prayer was that, Lord, let my wife give birth early so that I can be at the camp. That was his prayer. Let my wife give birth early so that I can be at the camp. He was praying about it. Let the, Father, let my wife give birth early so that I can be at same, same prayer topic as mine. Let my wife also give birth early so that I can be at the camp, so that we can, we can move and come. So if Reverend George feels that, it, it, some like, and we would have gone to any extreme, including doing CS quickly for the children to come. Yeah, so that we can have the meeting. Yes. 
Because there are some, there are some meetings that you have to be very... Many years ago, this is 2001, Bishop Dark's wife was pregnant and Yonggi Cho was coming to Ghana. He was going to host Yonggi Cho. The baby was not coming. It was not yet for the baby to come. He made them do CS and take the baby out so that there's no baby issue when the meetings are happening, when that camp, that time is happening. Yeah. 20 years ago, they had just about 200 churches. 20 years later, they have over 3,500, almost 4,000 churches. If you honor God, God will honor you. They are richer, more powerful. Money. Money is not a problem. All those who don't honor God always struggle with money. You will struggle unnecessarily, even though you are a child of God, because when he told you to do so, you didn't mind him. Look at the extremes people are going to. Yeah, very extremes. extremes. Make sure you are there. So, God bless you for heeding to God's instructions. I see you there. I see you as a part of it. And I see you being blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for all that you have said to us. Thank you that these words are working in our lives. And thank you that we obey your instructions. And hence prosper. We honor your word and hence we prosper. Thank you, Father, for grace ministered to all of us. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.